Yeah! We are back. That's right. Episode 4, Unfiltered with Jesse Holly. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You're far too kind. You could have been anywhere in the world, but I'm glad you're here with me. The sports talk equivalent of Braille. People feel me when I speak, man. I'm so thankful. I'm so amazingly blessed to be able to do I'm having such a great time. I hope that you all are enjoying your content. And like I told you guys before, I'm always about getting my, t my positivity off on the front end because you might not listen to the end. You might not listen to the last minute, so I want you to feel this at the beginning. And I just want people to know, like, this has been a passion of mine for so long. And thank you to everyone who's listened, who's commented, who's texted me, who's tweeted me, Instagram, all that. Uh, uh, make sure you go like, subscribe, follow me on all the social media platforms, at Mr. Fourth and Long, man. But, you know, it's this is a gift that God has given me. And I am thankful to have this gift. And I want anyone to know that each and every one of you have been given a gift. It may not be a gift to play football, basketball, baseball, or talk, or whatever it is. But I just want to tell you, I want to tell you that when you're operating in your gift, like truly operating in your gift, it, 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 you don't have to worry about sitting at the head of the table. It doesn't matter. If you are truly operating in your gift, the gift that God gave you, you don't have to sit at the head of the table because you know why? No matter where you stand, no matter where you sit at that table, if you're operating in the gift that God has given you, the table will shift. It will shift. It will shift to you. Your talents, your gifts, the table will shift. It will move. The room will shift. It will move into your direction. So whatever it is that you've been gifted to do, do it. Do it. Don't wait. Don't wait. Now is the time for you to go ahead and just do it and to walk in that gift. Don't worry about the room. Don't worry about your seat is at the table. It will shift in your direction because it is supposed to happen that way. So continue just to work in your gift and walk in your gift, man, and don't worry about nothing or no one else, man. All right, let's get into this thing, man. The Cowboys had a third and final preseason game this weekend, uh, this past weekend against the Raiders. Don't know what the score was. Don't even really care about it. Okay. Don't really care about it. We're getting to real football here. And we all know what this is. In the next couple days, NFL teams have until Tuesday, 3.30 Eastern Standard Time to get their 53-man roster down to the number. And that means you got to go from 90 to 53. Back in, I'm an old man. Back when I was playing, it was a cut every single week. So it was a little bit easier to get to your 53 by the end of training camp because you had already gotten down to about like 65. So it wasn't a lot that you had to do. Um, I get why they went to 90. You don't have to worry about, you know, the rosters being shorter. More guys can play. More guys can be at practice. Less wear and tear on the guys. Get it? Totally understand it. But. That, that's where we're at. But before we get to and I'll give you my 53-man prediction, whether you like it or not, whatever. If you don't like it, fine. If you like it, fine. Do your own. Tweet it to me. Hit me up on IG. Hit me up on Facebook. Anywhere at Mr. Fourth and Long. All of those, what you call it. Um, but, yeah, so I'll get to my 53. But first, I'm going to talk about the game. Uh, well, let me wait. Let, let's, we'll get to the game. We'll get to the things that happened in that game. But let me, let me not bury the lead. Right before the game. <laughs> There was a trade made. Uh, Trey Lance, San Francisco 49ers. I don't know if I want to call him backup quarterback, starting quarterback. Very high draft pick. Let's use that. Trey Lance was a number three overall pick for the Niners. Didn't pan out. Um, over the weekend, Jerry Jones made a trade, sending a fourth-round pick to San Francisco to acquire Trey Lance. Um, he's now the He's kind of he's the backup to the backup. Like he went from the backup to the backup to San Fran and came to Dallas and became the backup to the backup. And it's an interesting thing. And I can tell you I've been I've been all over the place. And if you're like me, you're trying to find out or figure out why, when, what, who, how. Because this is an interesting, this is an interesting take. And I think because of the draft status of where Trey Lance went, the Niners gave up three first round picks to move up to get the young quarterback out of the North Dakota State who really didn't have much starting experience at North Dakota State, had one year, um, really came on the scene. Then the next year, we all went into COVID, right? And they, uh, North Dakota State, they played the one game, then like COVID hit, and it was like, hey, we're going to push it back to the spring, and it never really happened. And uh, Trey Lance decided, I'm, I'm getting ready for the league, guys. I'm, I'm not playing in the spring. And so 
John Lynch, uh, Kyle Shanahan, they, 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 let me say this. Sometimes we give people a little bit too much credit in certain areas. I'm not saying that Kyle and, and John Lynch, they, they've coached and played more football than I would ever coach and play. But sometimes trying to reinvent the wheel, sometimes trying to kind of beat the curve, sometimes trying to get out and, and, and be the, the smartest person in the room, I think sometimes backfire on you. And there were a ton of players that went after Trey Lance in that draft. Can you, can you find me those players that went in that draft uh, after Trey Lance? But they saw something in them. There were some raw skills in there. But to, to give up three spots, to give up three picks in the first, to get to the first round, to get to that number three pick, that's a lot. And, and things didn't quite transpire and, and work out for the way I don't think any of them, what Trey Lance thought or Kyle Shanahan thought or, or John Lynch thought because it was who, who the players? Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase. Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts. Jalen Waddle. Oh, Waddle. Come on. Devontae Smith. Come on. Or Michael Parsons. Oh, Michael Parsons. You, you could. Imagine having Michael Parsons on one side and Nick Bosa on the other side. Is it Nick or Joey? Joey Bosa. Who's that? Nick Bosa. Nick Bosa. Imagine having Nick Bosa and Michael Parsons. Holy moly guacamole. Sheesh. That would have been hell to deal with. But there's a number of players who went after who we all probably deem I mean, Michael Parsons, we already put him in the Hall of Fame, right? Guys already put him in the Hall of Fame. Not that I'm, just, I'm being a little bit facetious there. But there were a number of players that went after Trey Lance in that draft that I think the Niners, they could do it all again, would probably take one of those guys. But sometimes being the smartest person in the room or thought to be the smartest person in the room can sometimes backfire on you. Now, granted, every single player in the NFL draft is a 50-50 crapshoot. I don't care what it, the talent level was in college. Will it translate? We just watched the documentary a couple weeks ago of Johnny Football. Johnny Football could do no wrong at A&M. He was the next thing since, the best thing since sliced bread. Gets to the NFL, bomb. You can go all the way back, we had the, the, the Ryan Leaf, Peyton Manning discussion. Bomb, Ryan Leaf. Jamarcus Russell was a guy who can get on one knee and throw the ball 70 yards. Bomb. I mean, and the list goes on and on and on and on from players who, who we think were going to or, or projected to be the next best thing to not be the next best thing. And so the Niners, they go on this, this track to get Trey Lance, and they bring Trey Lance in, and, and, and literally it's, it's you know, there was a time in football where you would draft a guy in the first round, you would sit him for a year or two, let him learn under a veteran, and then give him the keys to the Porsche. But not, not today. Today is you draft him today, you quote unquote say, we're not naming a starter right now, but they're the starter. And so when he got drafted, it was, all right, Trey, it's your go, breaks his finger. Then Jimmy G comes in and he does what he does, and then they're like, all right, come on, Trey, your turn again, and you break his ankle. And then all of a sudden they discover Mr. Irrelevant, Brock Purdy. And so now you, you, you're trying to overcome injuries, you're trying to overcome expectation, and now I have to overcome Mr. Irrelevant. And it just seemed that it never quite clicked. It never quite, the curl never quite curled all the way over for Trey Lance and, and San Francisco and Kyle Shanahan and whatever Kyle wants for that offense, the quarterback of that offense. So they make the trade. And, and I remember, like, Looking at it and initially saying, oh, not really interested. Fourth round pick, maybe they kind of got fleeced a little bit. And the reports come out that there were other teams involved who gave lesser or wanted to give less for Trey Lance. Um, teams like Buffalo and other teams. But, the, but nonetheless, the Cowboys give up a fourth round pick for Trey Lance. They bring him in. And, and my, I think my biggest gripe with this all is the draft capital that the Niners gave up. Three first-round picks and drafting him number three overall. And after two years, they washed their hands with him. Like, think about that for a second. Just let that, let that sit in your dome for, for just a moment. You gave up three first-round picks, and then you drafted him in the third pick in the first round. And after two years, you said, 
it is so bad, we don't even want you anymore. Normally, they let you finish out at least the, the rookie deal, the four years, and not pick up your fifth-year option. But they said, we good. We, we, we good. And so they called up some teams and got on the phone, and, and, and Jerry rushed in and said, we want them. We'll take them. Give them to us. Fourth-round pick, here you go. Now, granted, people are going to say, well, the Cowboys' fourth-round picks, they found some gems in the fourth round, as they have. It's 50-50. Some they hit on, some they didn't hit on. I will say, in the Cowboys' grand scheme of things, I'm, I'm not a man that believes in luck, but boy, the Cowboys have been really, really lucky the last 12 years. To find a guy like Tony Romo, undrafted free agent, give him a little bit more money to get him to come to your team, Sean Payton helps develop him, he turns into your franchise quarterback for the next 10 years. And then you think, well, how do we transition from one guy that we really lucked up on? Well, gosh darn it, I luck up on another guy. I find a guy in the fourth round in Dak Prescott. And through two injuries, now remind you, two injuries had to happen before Dak Prescott got his chance. Tony Romo had the injury against the Seattle uh, Seahawks with the back. And then Kellen Moore broke his ankle. Kellen Moore, don't forget that part. Kellen, it wasn't like he took the job from Tony because it was Kellen's job next. It wasn't Dak's job. It was Kellen's job. He was the next in order, in line of, of, of that order. It was Tony, Kellen, then Dak. And Dak was supposed to be this project. To his credit, Romo goes down. Kellen goes down, in comes the fourth, uh, the fourth round rookie from Mississippi State. From Mississippi State, lights to roll on fire. To the point where they said, uh, "You ain't getting your job back, Romo." Sent him packing, sent him to the booth where he started making nineteen million dollars a year. Sidebar, Lord, if you hear my prayers, I love unfiltered with Jesse Holly, but if you want to take me put me on TV and make me five, I'll take five million dollars, I'll take ten million, I don't even need the whole 19. If you just see fit for me to operate in my gift, I won't be mad. Okay. Amen. Um, and then Dak Prescott got his start. Took it and, and, and made something of it. The Cowboys whiffed on that first contract, not whiffed on it, but they could have gave him 25 million. They said, now nah, we want to just keep saying. And he ended up breaking his, he ended up breaking his, his, his ankle, and they, they wrote him a big check. To the point of the matter is, well, they had to write him another big check pretty soon. Lucky him. But Trey Lance is now here. There's so many places we can go with this. I guess the, the, the positive in it all is that for Trey Lance, a fresh start. A new beginning. No expectations here in Dallas. The Dallas Cowboys did not draft Trey Lance in the third number overall pick. The Dallas Cowboys did not give, Trey, give away three first-round picks to move up to get Trey Lance. What the Cowboys are hoping for now is that they can benefit or profit from the mistakes of the 49ers by allowing a guy to grow in a system where there really is zero expectation. And let's be honest with you. With each other. Trey Lance ain't playing this year. The only way Trey Lance gets on the field this year is if we have a Dak 2.0. Dak gets hurt. Cooper Rush gets hurt. Then you go to Trey Lance. Now, wouldn't that be? That'll be crazy. You talk about something that'll be wild. You talk about something that'll be wild. I'm not wishing this. I'm not trying to put the mojo out in the air. But what, be, what would be insane I just had a squirrel moment. What would be insane, Dak Prescott got his job because of the starting quarterback and the backup quarterback going down to injury. What if Trey Lance, in a year where he's expected to do absolutely nothing, like Dak was expected to do absolutely nothing his rookie year, if Dak goes down and Cooper Rush goes down and he's thrusted into the, to the, to the, to the starting role and balls and takes this team to the NFC East Championship. 
the NFC Championship, excuse me. Holy moly, guacamole. Talk about a storyline. Jerry would eat that up. He would eat that up. That would be, the, 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 the national media would eat that up. If Dak got dacked, I would eat that up. If Dak, I'm not wishing that on anybody. I'm just saying it would be crazy weird if that happened. But Trey Lance, a fresh start. Doesn't have to come in here with expectation of, of, of winning any football games. This year for Trey Lance is almost like a redshirt gear. Come in, new situation, um, learn the offense, get acclimated. Because you hear people talk about, oh, the development, the development, the development. Let's be honest with you people. I'm going to be honest with you people. As someone who's been inside of a locker room and understand what everyday practices look like once the season starts. So you develop in OTAs and in minicamp and in training camp because there's time. There's time in the day to develop. There's time to sit and do some extra films. There's time to do certain things. When the season hits and it really counts, there is no time for development. His development will come when you run the scout team. His development will come just kind of by osmosis, hoping being in the meetings helps out a little bit. But this year for Trey Lance is basically a redshirt year. Nothing, you're expected to do nothing. You don't know this offense. You don't know the terminology. You don't know the players. You don't know any of that. And I'm sure what you learned under... Kyle Shanahan may not be the same thing that you're going to learn under Brian Schottenheimer and Freaky Mike, Mike McCarthy. So it's going to be a huge adjustment for Trey Lance. I, I, I don't know what the I, – I think, I think predicting what Jerry and company was trying to – what they were trying to muster up is I think Jerry likes to kind of be that innovative one. Jerry, to me, has been a person who has been dying to get back to a place of, I need to be the one that is the reason that something great happens. I do still think that Jerry, hence why Jimmy Nash is not in the Ring of Honor yet, holds on to the fact that people still to this day, 30-something years later, give a lot of credit to the Cowboys having a turnaround and winning those Super Bowls and becoming a dynasty on the shoulders of Jimmy Johnson, not on the shoulders of Jerry Jones. I think, I, I think that Jerry harbors that a little bit. And so at every chance he can get, he, he, he kind of, and if you, if you remember about the whole Bill Parcells hiring, that, that, was, more of a, that was more of a money play. That was more of a, hey, I need to get a stadium. I need to get some things in place. I need to, I need to get some things right. So I need to bring in some people here to get some things. He was, he was playing a little bit of chess right there. But I do think Jerry is, is, is one that's been chasing the ghost for a long time. He wanted to be the one that was like, well, I have the next and new innovative coach in Jason Garrett. Didn't work out that way. I let Sean Payton walk. I let Sean Payton walk. And I said, well, I got the next one right here. OJ Jeezy. Didn't work out. Then it was, okay, I got the next boy wonder. The winningest quarterback in college football history. Old backpack. Kellen Moore, he's going to be the next one. And take us to that next place. And I'm going to be able to say, that's right, that's my boy. I picked Kellen Moore. I, I gave him a chance. To the point that when they, when they let... Jason Garrett go, they basically told Mike McCarthy, yeah, Mike, we know that you're a Super Bowl winning coach and we know that you've called plays for eons and eons and eons. Take this job, Kellen Moore stays. You take this job, Kellen Moore stays. Because Jerry was trying to push that I'm the, I'm, the, I'm the next one. And he would love for Dak to take this franchise to the next level because, you know, I gave the fourth-round pick an opportunity. And I think this next chasing of the ghosts is the Trey Lance situation. Is Trey Lance, is, is he going to be the one 
to where a lot of people say, boy, Jerry stole one. Jerry stole one. Look at Trey Lance. I, I, I don't know if that works out that way. But I think, I think Jerry is in that mode where he's chasing the ghost of saying that I want to be the one that's... I know some will say that this is a chance to light a fire under Dak's butt. Dak don't need no fire under his butt. He, everyone already said he's the ultimate competitor, the ultimate leader. A fire under his butt. I mean, I don't think Trey's the guy for that. Trey don't got nothing on film that makes me go, ooh. Like, okay, cool. Or if this is a shot for Jerry Jones in the front office to go, hey, now when Dak comes up for his, con his contract, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna lowball him, we're going to play hardball with him because we got Trey Lance. Dak got the Joneses by the nuts for the next two years. Unless they plan on playing him $60 million, they're going to look to do an extension. Cooper Rush deal ends up in another year. Oh, by the way, Trey Lance deal is up in another two years. They're not picking up his, uh, his, his fifth-year option. So they got this year and next year to figure this thing out. And either you're going to trade him or let him go. You're not picking up his fifth-year option. That's going to be a crazy situation. To pick up his fifth-year option, to potentially maybe pay Cooper Rush again, you probably hope that Trey Lance is better. You can kind of just move on and then go get another young guy in the draft. But Dak will be here. And the biggest problem is Jerry will never, ever, 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 ever go back to what they were like in 1988, 1989, where they were so bad that they got the number one overall pick. And then go, uh, whatever it was, they lost, what is it, 11 games? They were 0-11 or something like that. Crazy stat, you know, Troy's first year. Jerry's never getting back to that again. Never. He is ne Jerry Jones will never allow his team to be bad enough where they're picking in the top three, four, five picks in the draft. Not happening. Not happening. So he's going to keep trying to throw money and draft picks and things like that at guys like Trey Lance in hopes that he can keep this trend of luck going on with undrafted fourth rounder, I mean undrafted quarterback, fourth round quarterback, and those guys have been franchise guys for the next 10 years. Troy, one in 15. One in 15, Troy's first year. Jerry's never letting his team get back to that again. Because 1 in 15 means we're not going to be on TV. 1 in 15 means we're not going to be in the A block of people's conversations. 1 in 15 or 16 or 17 or whatever the hell it is now in the games, we're, we're not going to be the, 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 the bell of the ball. See, as long as I keep my team floating within that upper half of the league, there's always the conversation of if they turn it on, if they get hot, the Super Bowl contenders. Jerry's never going to allow his team to ever get back to that point that it was when Troy went one for 15 in a season. I mean, you might have to have Dak get hurt, Cooper Rush get hurt, and you might have to go to Trey Lance, and then you might. You might. But think about it for a second. The Cowboys will never get bad enough to get Caleb Williams, to get Drake May. They're never going to be up there. They'll be around 10, 15 maybe. But to, to get a franchise-changing quarterback, you got to be up there. You got to be up there. You got to have a terrible season. And Jerry ain't tanking. Because tanking don't bring this. And this, at the end of the day, is all that matters a lot of times. 9.2 Billy. He about that bread now. But Trey Lance is here. Preseason game happened. In order for Trey Lance to get here and stay here, the Cowboys have to get rid of a player. Sucks. Will Greer. You're fired. Basically. Kind of. But before you go, Will Greer, play in this game. And we're going to notify you before the game that you're fired. And Will Greer goes into this game, and he has a fantastic game. Give me the numbers of what Will Greer had in that football game. And to the point, his, Will Greer's game was so good, it had people buzzing on the internet saying, maybe we should actually keep Will Greer. Maybe we should keep him, and maybe he should, maybe you get rid of Cooper Rush. He had that type of performance. 
four touchdowns. He had two rushing, two throwing. Had over 300 yards passing. He was damn near perfect. What, what was his attempt? 30, 28 for 35? In that game? Was cooking. I mean, was cooking. Maybe it was Dak Prescott who was the offensive coordinator in that game calling the plays for him. Maybe he just kind of said, you know what, I'm YOLO. F it. I'm just going to go out here and just do my thing. Whatever happens, happens. And that be that. But he goes out there and plays with, 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 the, with the knowledge of already knowing, no matter what I do in this football game, my career in Dallas is over. And that sucks. You never want to see a guy lose a job, but that's the business. But in my mind, I'm watching Will Greer play, and I'm like, man, you know what? Will Greer's having a pretty, pretty good game. And I thought to myself, where was this, Will? Where was this all preseason? Where was this all training camp? Where was this the last preseason? Like, you had ample opportunities to go out there and showcase your talent so that the decision would be harder. So that when, they, when the phone call rang for them to say, hey, Trey Lance is on the trading block, the, the Joneses can go, well, we got a third round, a, fo- a former third round pick that we, that we like a lot, who was actually balling. Like, that's the difference between a lot of times making your way in this league and having your opportunities cut short. When you're a backup or a backup to the backup, you don't get a lot of opportunities to have bad days or bad camps or bad weeks or bad games. At every turn, you got to be able to show up and perform. And I think Will Greer had moments. There, there, there is a skill set there that you can look at and go, man, if, if, if he would have been on this path, things might turn out different for him. But such is life. Such is life. And, and you're now, I don't say on the street, but soon to have to find another address. Because you won't be a cowboy anymore. What was in that game, which was kind of pretty cool, and this year I thought was kind of foul, but it turned out to be pretty cool. Like I said earlier, um, Mike McCarthy and company decided that, and this is this is not a one-off. This is not like the Cowboys didn't invent this thing where they let Dak Prescott be the offensive coordinator. Guys have done this before. It's not just a Dallas thing or a Dak thing. Other teams have done it before. Kyler Murray's done it before. Aaron Rodgers has done it before. A lot of quarterbacks, a lot of teams, when they get to this final preseason game, they allow, you know, either uh, a non-play um, calling coach to step in and do some some head coaching, some play calling. They allow quarterbacks to step in and do some play calling. I thought, even to Dak's credit, he was like, well, they only gave us three looks, so it wasn't like that was facing a lot of exotic defenses. But initially, I thought that's foul. Here I am, Will Greer. I'm, my, I'm fighting for my football life, and you let the guy who only plays quarterback but never called plays call plays for me. It worked out. It worked out. I initially thought, like, that's foul. No, no, Mike McCarthy, you call the plays, bro. My job's on the line. My future's on the line here. I'm trying to go out here and be good. I don't know what Dak is as a play caller, but it worked out. Uh, Dak, I mean, Dak put together a really good game plan, and – that was fun to see. It, it was fun to see, you know, your quarterback be able to, to dial up some plays, kind of give you a little bit of an understanding where his mind is at and, and play calling and what he sees and what he thinks about certain things. And that was good. And it, it helped Will Greer. I don't know if it was because it was calming or, or what it was, but he saw the game from a quarterback's perspective, looking at the defense and saying, okay, what are they giving us? What are we? All right, here's the play. And Will went out there and executed it. And now listening to that, I'm, I'm hoping that Mike McCarthy is listening to how Dak is calling the plays and putting you know down the distance, and now he has a better understanding of how to handle his starting quarterback. This is what he thinks. Okay. Oh, all right. I see. On this play, he was just third and long. He, he went to these group of plays. And now I go to the meeting. I go, all right. I go back and I watch the film. Here are all the third and longs. You called these plays, Dak Prescott. Why? And I hope Dak Prescott has an, ad, an explanation for him to go, here's why. Okay, Dak, well, first down, you called a lot of these plays, or these, whatever those are. Why? Because I felt like this, 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 and this. And, and, and you want that relationship. You want the relationship between 
OC and QB1 to be a marriage. To, 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 you, you ever see a good marriage, like a good marriage, where she finishes his sentences? That he knows when she wants something and, and they just have this chemistry? That's what you kind of want between your OC and, and, and your quarterback. You want them to have that sort of marriage where it's, uh, it's, second and, it's second and nine and Dak is thinking about the play that he's getting ready to hear in his ear and they match. You want that sort of chemistry. You want that symmetry. You want that synergy to where they, they can give the look. You know the look? That look. And they just know. I think having Dak be the OC for this game helped in that progress, helped give them an opportunity to learn each other a little bit more, to understand each other a little bit more. And as they get ready for this season, because it's a big year. This is a big year for everybody, for Mike McCarthy, for Dak Prescott, for this offense, for this defense, for everybody, for the franchise. And I don't care what the defense does. I think they're going to be really good. This thing will always hinge on quarterback play. The NFL is a quarterback-driven league. It's a reason why those guys are getting a half a billion dollars, why they're making $50 million-plus a year. You're going to either win it all or not on the shoulders, legs, arms, mind of the quarterback. Don't care. He's going to have to make the play when it matters the most. That ain't just for the Cowboys. That's for 32, that's 31 other teams, 32 teams total in the National Football League. That's why trying to get the best quarterback in the league has always been a premium. It's always been highest priority. It's always looking for the franchise quarterback. They don't say franchise wide receiver. They say wide receiver one. They don't say franchise running back. They say RB1. But it's a franchise quarterback. That's the most important position on the football field. And those that have really good ones, the results speak for themselves. Those who do not are constantly in this cycle of trying to get one. It's been that way since Johnny Unitas was rolling that thing around on the football field. And it's going to be that way when I'm old and gray and you're old and gray and we're gone. It's going to be, can we get the best quarterback on the field? Like I told you guys many times before, and I always say this, Patrick Mahomes doesn't make $500 million because of the insane throws that he makes. Patrick Mahomes makes $400, $500 million because there's like three or four plays in a football game that only he can make. There's only, it's about three or four players. You'd be like, hey, no matter what else happens, you got to be the very best on this play. And, you, and, the, and the mystery of it is you do not know when those plays are coming. You do not know. You do not know. You won't know until you go back and look at the game. You go, boy, they needed a play right there. And watch this throw. Like, remember when, when, when the Rams were going on their championship run and, and, and Odell Beckham is out and the game is on the line and the ball is in Matthew Stafford's hand? You know why they mortgaged the future of the Rams franchise? It was for really that comes down to it was one play. It was really one big play. It was a no-look pass to Cooper Cup over the middle. It was covered at first. Defense is bearing down on him, and it was... He's like, if I'm going to get this safety to move, I got to look away. And he looked the safety off this way, and the safety kind of hesitated, and he threw it. Boom, completion. May not matter much. The whole game matters, but it was that play. That's why they paid that money. So for Dak and, and, and for these guys to come together, it, it has to be that holy matrimony that I do. For better or worse, for richer or poor, through sickness and in health. Forever and ever and ever. Well, not ever and ever and ever, because both of them will lose their job eventually. Just the way the nature of the beast. But for the time being, 
they need to have that synergy. And I thought that was a good thing to see to see that um, this weekend. But then after that game, kind of going back a little bit to the Trey Lance situation, you heard Dak Prescott talk about the Trey Lance situation. You heard Dak Prescott um, tell you how he felt about Will Greer. And, and listen, ladies and gentlemen, like, I know you watch these men on TV, even the women in their respective sports, and they're thought of as gladiators or machines. We human. They're human. They build relationships and bonds. You spend so much time with these people each and every day, off seasons. Some people have families that kind of commingle together and, and, and wives and kids that work out with one another. You know, it just it just it just happens. And then when one gets let go, there is a there is a feeling. There is a feeling that that that's a human. That's a human who that was his friend. And so you hear Dak talk about it in his press conference, but there was something that came out post game that that was a little bit it was a little bit head scratching to me. The questions about you know, all right, Jerry, you made this big deal. Did you call Dak beforehand? And let him know. Did you call Mike McCarthy beforehand and let him know? Old Jerry said nope. I did not. Now, wheeling and dealing in the National Football League, it, it, it's, it's kind of like the stock exchange. Like, once a deal gets in play, especially if there's other suitors in the mix, it goes fast. And you have to be on top of the game to secure the deal, especially if it's a deal that you kind of really want. And Jerry said this wasn't a, this wasn't a collaborative effort. This wasn't we weren't going to talk about this as a whole. I made the decision. I made the decision. Now some may say this is this is the GM part of Jerry that sometimes people don't really like or feel because you just you just went off and just made a decision for the team and, and and part of the team's future and you didn't consult no one, not even the head coach. And I also have mixed feelings at times when, it, when it, you know, do you consult a player? Do you not consult a player? I've been back and forth on that. I think sometimes if you don't consult them, cool. But if it's a player that you value, like quarterback, and you're making a significant move that's going to have waves, splash, that's going to impact him, maybe not consult him. Give him a little common courtesy of giving him a call. Say, and, 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 and in the moment, in the moment of the deal being made, maybe there's not time. Right? You, you pick up the phone and it's, it's, it's John Lynch and he's saying, hey, Trey Lance is on the trading blocks. What you got? Just to let you know, there's about four of the that want in as well. And now you start moving and wheeling and dealing and, and, and your mind can kind of go anywhere, but you're trying to secure this deal. But at 24 hours had went by, and you could have shot Dak a text, you could have shot him a voice note, something, just to say, hey, man, just got finished doing a deal. It was it was rapid fire. Happened right away, but I want to give you the common courtesy to let you know we just traded for Trey Lance. It's not really going to impact you, but we saw value. We saw a way to possibly bring more talent to our team, and in the event that we need more talent, he's available to us. But you're our guy. I wanted you to hear from me and not from Twitter. Or not that your phone blows up and it's breaking news. Or the homies is texting you, or the girl is texting you and saying, hey, y'all got Trey Lance? And you go, wait, what? I don't know. I thought you could have did better than that. Now, Jerry does what he wants. It's his team. Ultimately, he didn't have to co-sign with anybody. He signs the checks. But as a guy who you consider your franchise quarterback, who you want to make sure you have a great rapport relationship with, I thought a call should be made. It's a guy's playing my position. Because what you want is, what you want from Dak Prescott, and I'm not, I'm not speaking for Dak Prescott. 
What you want from Dak Prescott is you want Dak Prescott to put his arm around Trey. You want Dak Prescott to be the ultimate leader he's always been to his teammates. You want Dak Prescott to say, come on, kid, let's go. Let me walk you through this thing. Trey Lance is 22, 23 years old. Dak is 30. You, you want him to be big bro. You want him to say, hey, let me show you about this offense. Let's spend some time together. Come to my house. Let's go to the Dak yard. Let's, let's do some things together so I can kind of get you up to speed. You want him to be the, 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 the big brother that probably Trey Lance has never had. You want him to be a shining example of the organization for Trey Lance. You want him to move him along. You want him to help out his growth. You don't want him to Brett Favre him. You don't want him to say, hey, that's not my responsibility. I, I got to get myself ready for the game. I'm, I'm not coaching up Aaron Rodgers. That's what you got coaches for. No, you don't want that. So I think sometimes if, if you want Dak Prescott to be a certain way, and I'm not saying that he won't be. I'm not speaking for Dak Prescott at all. I'm not saying that he won't be. I'm saying that help him. Like, help, help you. Help, help him help you. Don't, don't treat him like as if he doesn't matter. His opinion doesn't matter. And I'm not, I'm not saying that you have to call and ask him. I'm saying call and give him a heads up. Hey, by the way, yo, check this out. Man, let me tell you. Hey, you're our guy, but this came about. Moved a little bit too fast, and I wanted to let you know. He shouldn't find out like we find out. Mike McCarthy shouldn't find out the way we find out. That, 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 that to me, that, that to me is a little bit weird. The people in your organization, your head coach, your office coordinator, your quarterback, with that type of situation, which was going to be groundbreaking news, it was going to be breaking. It was breaking news. It wasn't like you was trading for Josh Dobbs, and I'm not taking shots at Dobbs. I'm not. But that don't make that don't make breaking news. Trading for a, a former number three overall pick who's two years into his rookie deal from a team that's been whooping your butt for the last two years. With at least pedigree. I'm not saying that, that Trey Lance is going to turn out to be, but the, the pedigree is supposed to be there. I think, I think he deserves a call. I think he deserves a heads up. I, I think that is more than honorable and admirable. But I'm not Jerry Jones. Jerry probably thought, I need to call him. Did his check clear? Okay. Come to work. And people are saying it's going to light a fire under, under who? Under Dak? What has Trey, Trey Lance done that's going to light a fire under Dak? There's nothing that Trey Lance can be like, you should I highlight? Coming for you. <laughs> that going to be like, young fella. I've thrown more passes in my rookie season than you have in your entire collegiate and NFL football career. Settle down. Relax. <laughs> Ain't like the fire on the deck. There's nothing that Trey Lance has done in this league or in any other league that, that makes Dak Prescott go, whoa. Whoa. This is going to be a difficult one. No. But I think, I think Jerry should have gave him a call. I do. We'll see how that works when Dak Prescott comes up for his contract. Again, he's human. He's human, and so sometimes, being a human, you don't forget certain things. You know, even in Dak's response, he was like, eh, it's a business. So, I, I mean, I, he, he, Dak's the ultimate, you know, politically correct answer. Doesn't, doesn't rock the boat. But he said at home, like, damn, I couldn't get a call at all? Okay. Remember that when you're like, hey, we got to pay some other people. Not my problem. So they gave me a call. Might have helped. All I'm saying, I don't know if it would have helped. I know not doing it didn't help. That's all I'm saying. Not giving him a shout out didn't help. But, again, I'm a broke boy. Okay? I don't own the franchise. 
I'm not a coach. I'm not a general manager. I'm not an owner. I'm a certified broke boy. So Jerry does what he wants. And I hope that he keeps cutting me a check. Thank you. You ain't got to call me. Just make sure that when I go to the bank that that check continues to clear. All right. Um, I know you all want to hear it, so I got one. Um, I, don't, I don't know. Again, I'm not, I don't own a team. I'm not a general manager of a team. But I play one on TV. I play one on unfiltered. And so I kind of wanted to go through my 53-man projected roster. And feel free to do your own. And hit me up on Instagram. Hit me up on Facebook. Hit me up on Twitter. At Mr. Fourth and Long. All across the board. Hashtag it with unfiltered with Jesse Holly. If you see me in the streets, be like, yo, I got my 53. No, don't do that. Don't see me in the streets and give me your 53-man roster. I will not care. I'll kick it with you, but I'm not listening to your 53-man breakdown. <laughs> At all. I Trust me. Um, so I'm kind of going to go through this briefly. And I don't know how this thing is going to play out, y'all. Nobody does. But Jerry and Will McClay and the rest of the guys. But I'm obligated to do it. Because I know that you guys want it. And I am for the people. Unfiltered with Jesse Holly. All right, so here's mine. We'll start with the most important business on the field. Quarterback. Uh, of course, starter, Dak Prescott. Number two, Cooper Rush. Number three, Trey Lance. Nothing wrong with that, right? That's a bit normal. Running back, here's where it gets a little bit. Some people had some different thoughts about it, about who they were going to keep, who they weren't going to keep. Now, mind you, things change a lot. There's, there's, because here's what you also have. You, you, you have 53 guys. You have guys that will move to the IR. In order to move a guy to IR, you have to initially put him on your 53-man roster. Okay. So you may see some guys like a Josh Ball who will make the 53-man roster for a day and then be immediately moved to IR. Guys like um, Nashawn Wright will make the 53-man roster for a day and then be moved to IR. When you move to IR, you don't take up a roster spot. It's when you come back from IR. There's a difference between a vested veteran who gets released. A vested veteran, when he gets released, he can go to any team that he wants to. A guy who's not a vested veteran, when they get um, waived, they have to go through waivers, meaning that every other team in draft order from last year, that's how, that's how the waiver order goes. So whoever was 32 to one, or one to 32, that's how you get through the, and, and any team can grab you within that. So understand that's how this whole thing shakes out. And then you have 16 practice squad players. Within that 16 practice squad players, you have three guys who can be what they call designation, who those guys can be on your practice squad, who you can now bring up for game day, in the past, if a guy was brought up for practice squad, in order to get him back to practice squad, you had to release him. Which means he, can, he could have been released if he was a vested veteran and go somewhere else. If he wasn't a vested veteran, then he had to go through waivers and you could lose him. But now they give you three guys that you can kind of move up and down without having to cut them and lose them in the process. And also understand that on the practice squad, let's just say if... If, if, if Joe Smo was on the Cowboys practice squad, but another team says, we want to put you on our active roster. The Cowboys can go to Joe Smo and say, man, we really like you. They're going to give you league minimum to go to that active roster. We're going to give you league minimum to stay on our practice squad. And the guy can decide whether he wants to stay or whether he wants to go. So there's a lot of things that are happening throughout this whole roster in the next couple days. Whole next couple days. Also understand guys who are on you know, certain type of one-year deals. Um, if you're a vested veteran and you're on a one-year deal, if you're on the active roster at the beginning of the year, your entire salary is guaranteed. 
for a vested veteran. So no matter what, they have to pay you that money throughout the year. So just take that into consideration as we're going through this whole 53-man roster. My quarterbacks, Dak Prescott, Cooper Rush, Trey Lance. Running backs. Of course, Tony Pollard is making $10.1 million. He's going to be on this football team. I got Rico Dowdle, 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 and I think Deuce Vaughn makes his 53. Some players were like, we need to have Hunter Limsky. I don't think so. I do have a sneaky suspicion that when Ronald Jones comes back, he gets to go on the suspension list. Well, it doesn't count against a roster spot. But after his two-game suspension, I do think you're going to see Rojo on this team. That's just my, this is my opinion. You know, people asking, like, you know, we Hunter Lipsky gives us that kind of, that Zeke, um, not, I said, not, he doesn't play like Zeke. I mean, he gives you that aggressive running style. And you don't really need a guy like that for short yardage because Tony Pollard actually had better yards per carry and short yards than Zeke did. But it looks good. The physical running, the turning of the feet, the taking the three yards in the cloud of dust, it looks good. I get it. I understand. But, I mean, let's be honest, y'all. Ain't too many white running backs just roaming around the National Football League. I mean, come on. I know you're like, well, what about Kuhn back in the days when, come on, let's, let's stop. Let's stop. The league has evolved. But I don't have Hunter Lipsky making this football team. Practice squad guy. Practice squad guy. Uh, tight ends. I'm only keeping three. I'm only keeping three. Of course, you're going to keep Luke Schoolmaker. I don't think he's tight in one. I'm going to go Jake Ferguson. I'm going to go Peyton Hendershot, and then I'm going to go Luke Schoolmaker. I think Luke has some ways to go. You know, was injured all of OTA's minicamp, had the injury early on in training camp. I think he's still learning. And, and, and as you get into the real money of the season, you got I need guys that can go right now. No hesitation. No thinking, just go. So those are my tight ends. Wide receiver, my favorite. This one can be tricky. Right after you get past wide receiver three, you start thinking, all right, are we going to do five? Are we going to do six? Don't know. I think the Cowboys do six. I think Semi Fahoku, thank you for your time here. We appreciate you. Your run has come to an end. Dennis Houston, a player who was a part of this football team last year, started some games early in the year. Thank you for your time here. We appreciate you. You're done. I think Jalen Cropper is a guy who they like. He just isn't ready. Thank you. But your time here is done. I think he makes the practice squad. But I go, my wide receiver, one, C.D. Lamb. Two, Brandon Cooks. Three, Michael Gallup. Four now. Jalen Tolbert, four. Kevontae Turpin, five. And I think that Jalen Brooks had done enough in the preseason and in training camp that if they release him, that he doesn't make it back to them to go in their practice squad. I think this is a guy that you have to keep. I do. I think he possibly takes that new um, project role that Semi Fahoku had for the last three years. I think they keep six. I do. Especially when you look at the way that Brandon Cooks at times can be injury prone. to make sure that Jalen Tober just wasn't a training camp thing, I think they keep six. Here's one that's always really interesting. And honestly, unless you're like Nate Newton, who I get a chance to work with, unless you're guys like um, Duke Mannyweather, who are just like O-line savants, who are just like, just into offensive line play all day, every day. O-line can be a very difficult situation to kind of really understand. Because most people, even me, a professional, 
I know I know far more than you when it comes to offensive line play. And sometimes I don't know what the hell is going on. So you're not going to sit there and tell me you know what's going on. And I've been around it my whole life. And been really good at all three levels. Well, two levels. I was, okay, I was, I was, I was, I was an elite player to get there, but I was the trash of the elite guys in the NFL. So trying to figure out what offensive lineman is, most people, most people, unless you're like, again, former offensive lineman, like that is your, that's your baby, that's your thing, that's your, that's your niche, most people don't know. They think they know. They try to figure it out, but they don't really know. But I'm going to give it a whirl anyway. I got Tyler, Tyron Smith, Tyler Smith, Tyler Biotish, Zach Martin, Steele. That's my starting five. I'm not leaving Atari off the list, so give me Austin Richards, Matt Forniak, TJ Bass, Brock Hoffman. And here's where the other play into it where Josh Ball, who hurt his hip, um, because in order to release a guy hurt, you got to give him a package, right? If whatever his amount of. So if a guy gets released injured, you see an injury settlement. So basically, it's a prorated deal. Whatever you were going to make as your base salary for that year, if they injure or release you and you get a settlement, if they deem that being a two-month injury, well, however many games the Cowboys would play in those two months, that's your prorated check that you get to go away. Now, in that two months, you can rehab and get better, but you can't play for another football team. Now, once you get to the end of that settlement time period, you're free to go wherever you want. But I think this is one of those moves where Josh Ball gets on the roster and then is moved to IR with the hip injury, and they bring back Matt Walesco. Fight amongst yourself. I mean, there aren't many really good – if there's a – trust me, guys. If there's a really good offensive lineman out there in football, he's on a team. He's on a team. There aren't many good offensive linemen that are just sitting around with nobody wanting them. They're on the team because this is what a premium position. So I think that we're, we're solid up front. We're one injury away from this thing being bad. And you hope a guy like Austin Richards can come in or Forniak or TJ Bass or one of those guys can come in. You hope that you never get two injuries because now you're in trouble. But that's what I have for offensive line. Defensive line. And this is going to be the most problematic position to truly and honestly give an evaluation of because this is probably the deepest. This is probably the deepest. I mean, that defensive line is stacked. And you're going to lose players on this defensive line because the numbers have just gotten so good. Dan Quinn has been able to, to help develop a lot of these guys in his offensive line. And when that happens, you just don't have the numbers to keep everybody. That's just the nature of the beast. And a lot of these guys, this is, I mean, the guys that they're going to lose aren't practice squad guys. These are, these, are, these are players. These are rotational guys. And so because of that, some guys are going to be on other football teams. Demarcus Lawrence, here. Sam Williams, here. Sam, get your stuff together, my boy. Can't have too many more mess-ups, man. I think Doris Armstrong, here. Dante Fowler, here. Now, it gets, it gets tricky when you start going inside with the big boys. You already know Mozzie's here. But then you had guys like O.C. Odigizua, Quentin Bohanna. Well, you have to make a decision. Jonathan Hankins, here. Mozzie Smith, here. Osa, here. Quentin Bohanna here. A guy like Chauncey Golston may be gone. And I may be wrong. A guy like Osa 
uh, not Osa, uh, uh, Bohanna may be gone. There's a numbers game. You listening to Micah N too or no? Or, or no, I'm, I'm listening to Micah linebacker. But a guy like Bohanna might be gone. It all depends on what numbers are being kept. Micah's kind of a linebacker DE, but of course, Micah here. Leighton Vanderesh here. Damone Clark here. Devin Harper here. I think Malik Jefferson, when he comes back from his injury, here. Damarian Overshine would have 100% been here had he not been injured. But I think Malik Jefferson may be on the bubble of being here, but I got him here. I got him here. You need that linebacker depth. Jabril Cox is the guy I have here, but again, he, he's, he's on that bubble. He's on that bubble. So I got one, two, three, four, five, six linebackers, Micah being a linebacker DE. I think that depth is important. Now, some of these guys might not be here because of what Dan Quinn does in his scheme. He, he runs this big nickel, big dime, where now guys are playing linebacker like Donovan Wilson or, or Jaron Curse. So I don't know. And then the next one, when you go into DB slash free safety, the defensive back room, Trayvon Diggs, here. Stephon Gilmore, here. Deron Bland, here. Nashawn Wright is a guy who I think will be here for a day. And then it moved to IR for Eric Scott Jr. CJ Goodwin, who is a special teams ace here. His value on special teams matters. Every, every special team coach in the league gets a guy or two who their core special teams guy. Every team, every special team coach in the league gets a guy that's like, listen, I need that guy. He's on all my special teams. He's my special team captain, my ace. C.J. Wilson, C.J. Goodwin, excuse me, is that. Donovan Wilson here. Malik Hooker here. Israel McQuamu here. J. Ron Curse here. Marquise Bell, who was given the responsibilities. This goes back to that linebacker situation. Dan Quinn said, we want you to play a little linebacker, a little big nickel, big dime for Marquise Bell here. The one thing that I did not speak in the report that he's going to be active and not start the league on, the, on, on, on Pup. Haven't spoken his name for a while. Jordan Lewis. If Jordan Lewis is making the steps to be here, here, I think he's here. A name I did not mention, which I think his time is up. Even though he had a decent preseason, and it's been really good on special teams at times. I think boss man fat days are over in Dallas. Former second round pick. It's tough, but I, I just think, I think they move on. I think there's some guys that they kind of like. I, I, you know, it was tough. You got guys like Wanye Thomas. Give or take. Maybe you go Wanye Thomas and get rid of a, a Malik Jefferson. I don't know. But Wanye's a guy who, who probably needs to be a part of this football team in shape, some way, shape, or form, maybe practice squad. And then you got your, you know, your kicker, your punter, your long snapper. Don't be shocked if one of those guys get released. Not because they're not going to bring them back, but because of the way that you have to do the gymnastics of, of a roster. Release a guy today, have a guy on the 53 for a day, move him to IR, bring that other guy back. It happened last year with the long snapper. It happens that way. Just to be clear for the fans, RB, you have Malik Davis gone? Malik Davis, you going, bro. You had your chance. Yeah, I'm only keeping three RBs. I think, I think Rico and Malik tried to battle it out. Rico won. They love Deuce. The story's great. I don't know how much he'll play this year, what his role will be. But there may be a spot for, for Malik on the practice squad. 
You never know. Long season. Guys get hurt left and right. But, I, yeah, Malik, Malik Davis didn't make my 53. So, I could go around sports, but I think I've talked long enough. I think I got a good amount in. That's my Trey Lance talk. That's my Will Greer talk, Dak talk, Jerry talk, and my 53-man prediction. Again, you can hit me up on all social medias, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at Mr. Fulton Long. Hit up Fanatic View. Like, subscribe. Text me if you know me. If you don't know me, get to know me. I'm a pretty cool dude. But, uh, yeah, man, that's all I got. That's all I got. We'll be back later on this week. Football starts. Football starts. The 53-man rosters need to be in by Tuesday, I believe 3.30 Eastern Standard Time. We work on New York time. So we'll have an understanding of what it is and what it's going to be going forward. And then we play football, y'all. Real deal. Real deal football. I thank you guys so much, man, for tuning in, for listening, for commenting, for liking, for subscribing, just for, for being family. Remember, never let anyone tell you that their lives is better than yours because it's yours. Eliminate the contingencies. I'm out.